All right, so we, we, the title of this message, we were trying to get this together late last night, and uh, we kind of wanted to do a tribute um, to all of the fathers in the house this morning, um, but uh, not only that, we believe that this word uh, will impact anybody who would receive it and listen to it. Um, I know for me personally, um, this word, uh, I was not expecting reading the scripture to get what I got. Um, so it was even a shocker to me. Amen. Uh, but it, it, it's been, a, it, it was a crazy coming together um, of how, you know, we kind of shared and, um, you know, studied the word and, and uh, how we, how God put this thing together. So um, this is going to be a, thank you, a message of uh, exhortation. Uh, both passages is a, on my, my face. I'm sweating. Okay. Goodness gracious. Yeah, this this is this is a message of exhortation for um, the both of us, and so uh, we're going to open up, and I'm uh, I'm going to allow, or we're going to have Nisa um, share her part of the message as well, um, and so if you can go to your open scripture, and, and we're going to get ready. Yeah. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Acts chapter two. 29, Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Yeah, read it. Starting at verse 29, um, many brethren, it speaks clearly of you, the patriarch David, that he both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit up on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh, his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are our witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit he poured out on which you now see and hear. For uh, David said, did not ascend into heavens, but he said himself that Lord, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Amen. 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 And uh, what did you have to share on that, on that passage when you read it? So I started, because I'm really interested in ge genealogy. And um, when I saw what he was talking about, that God told David that the fruit of David would be Jesus. And so I was just looking down through the genealogy, uh, starting at Abraham, which was the father of many nations. And um, so, let's see, give me one moment. Okay, so, um, as in Genesis, uh, you know, for some of you that don't know, God made a covenant with Abraham. And you will see in the book of Genesis 17, 1 through 4, um, and when God said that 
Abraham was going to be the father of many nations, and that his uh, and that promise was fulfilled. And he also told Abraham in Genesis chapter 14 through 13, I mean in 13, then God told Abram before he became Abraham that his descendants would be afflicted for 400 years. But afterwards, um, they would come out with a great possession. And so you go down the line of Abraham, his great-great-grandson, Joseph. Uh, Joseph, of course, he was the person with dreams, and uh, he ended up being the governor of Egypt. And brought his whole father's household, which was Jacob, which is another name, Israel, um, down to Egypt. And Joseph gave him the land of Goshen. And then going down again to the, uh, down the line, um, Jacob's household eventually became slave, which God told Abraham like years before, which I thought that was very interesting. And um, then God, uh, when he saw the affliction of the people, he raised up Moses and then uh, to bring Israel out of Egypt. Then uh, came the law down the line. And then after being in the wilderness for 40 years, out of, after being disobedient with God, um, they went into, uh, they took over land and took over their territory uh, with the help of Joshua. And then still going down the line, then that's when um, God was kind of just ruling over Israel. And then God, I mean, the Israelites was all of a sudden, you see in 1st and 2nd Samuel, like the Israelites was like, oh, we don't want you as king anymore, God. And so um, that's when the, you know, kingdoms started happening, uh, the, starting off with the king Saul, and then there was King David. And so, uh, like I said, uh, David was told by God that Jesus, the coming Messiah, will be David's fruit. And you can see the genealogy in, of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. And um, <laughs> um, and, um, and what I see in this whole genealogy with Abraham, Joseph, Moses, all these fathers in the Old Testament, what you see is that uh, these people loved and obeyed God willingly, and God favored them after um, they obeyed. And I, um, I know my father said he don't want me to talk about him too much, so I'm just going to say this little thing. Um, Pastor Rondi, which is my father, uh, he's my spiritual and biological father, and all my life, I've never seen my father stop serving God, as you see these men in the Bible. Um, as he continued to serve God and to have that endurance in uh, God and uh, serving God, and see, you can see that persistence, I saw him the results of him serving God and that I saw blessing after blessing after blessing. And that's what you see in Abraham. That's what you see with Moses. That's what you see with Joseph. And so um, that's what I got out of the uh, scripture, Acts chapter 2, uh, 29. Amen. 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 Ain't that awesome? Amen. Well, uh, when I was uh, studying and preparing we kind of got this along the same lines of what we we're going to be talking about today. Um, and we're going to stay in the book of Acts. Uh, if you have your Bible, go over to uh, Acts 13. 
And we're going to start at verse 17. We're going to start at verse 17. And uh, our Brother Roy, if you could put it in the Amplified for me. Amen. Glory to God. So it's very important um, to understand that legacy is a big part of God's plan for the kingdom. Um, you know, there are many pastors, there are many preachers in this day and age, um, but they are not setting a legacy of Christian living, of true Christian living, of what it means to really serve God. Um, it's very rare that you see men of God um, these days who are truly wholeheartedly serving God. Uh, legacy is very important to God. That's why he needed a, uh, a pure line, a line of men that serve God for Jesus to be able to come through. Amen. Um, and so we're going to see this in this scripture in Acts 13, 17. So this is uh, Apostle Paul. He's talking to uh, uh, the Jews in the synagogue. And uh, they asked him to get up and give a word of exhortation for the people. So this is following Jesus uh, uh, dying and being resurrected and going up to heaven and all of that. So this is the church age. And he's speaking to the Jews about the salvation that Jesus provides. And we're going to start at verse 17. The God of the people of Israel who chose our fathers, who chose our fathers. I want every father in here to say, I am chosen. I am chosen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and made the people great and numerous during their stay as foreigners in the land of Egypt. And then with an uplifted arm, he led them out of there. Go on to the next verse. For a period of about 40 years, he put up with their behavior in the wilderness. When he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave their land to our ancestors as an inheritance. Everybody say an inheritance. An inheritance. He gave the land to our ancestors as an inheritance. This took about 450 years. Go on to the next verse. After this, he gave them judges until the prophet Samuel. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. Next verse. And when he had removed them, he raised up David to be their king. Of him, he testified and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, conforming to my will and purposes, who will do all of my will. Okay, let's go over to Psalms 2 and 7. Psalms 2 and 7. And we're going to see what David was saying back then when he became king about his lineage. Psalms 2 and 7. It says, I will declare the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son this day. I proclaim I have begotten you. Now, as I was doing some study on that scripture, that is a very prophetic scripture. That scripture not only applied to him, it not only applied to Solomon, which was also his son, but it applied to Jesus. It says, I will declare the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son this day. I proclaim I have begotten you. Okay, now let's go over to 2 Samuel 7, 13 through 14. And we're going to see this very clearly as we make our way back to Acts. He is the one who shall build a house 
for my name and my presence. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, this is the prophet Nathan. He's discussing and telling this to David. This is a prophecy. He says, he is the one, go back, he is the one who shall build a house for my name and my presence, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, many people say that, or many scholars say that this was a dual prophecy. It's not only applied to his son Solomon, but it applied to Jesus as well. Can you go to the next verse? I will be his father, and he shall be my son. Now, if you stop right there, I will be his father, and he shall be my son. That part was for Jesus. The next part, he says, when he commits iniquity, wrongdoing, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the strokes of the sons of men. That was for Solomon. Okay, so let's go back. Let's make our way back to Acts 13, and we're going to go to verse 32. So we, as we can see very clearly, that there is a connection uh, in lineage between, I'm talking 14 generations. There's a connection in a lineage of holiness, of expectation, of the will of God for 14 generations. All right? So let's go back to Acts 13, 32. We're going to start at 32. And we are bringing you the good news of the promise made to our fathers, our ancestors, that God has completely fulfilled this promise to our children by raising up Jesus as it also written in the second Psalm. You are my son today and I've begotten and fathered you. Everybody say God has fulfilled our, his promise, God has fulfilled our promise to, our to our children. Verse 33 says that God has completely fulfilled his promise to our children by raising up Jesus and it's also written in the second Psalm. You are my son today I've begotten and fathered you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, never again to return to decay in the grave, he was spoken in his way. I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Those blessings and mercies that were promised to him. For this reason, he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your holy one to see decay. Verse 36, for David, after he had served the purpose of God, in his own generation, everybody say his own generation. His in his own generation, fell asleep and was buried among his fathers and experienced decay. So what I just pointed out was that Jesus was a descendant of David. Everybody agree with that? Yes. Amen. So he was a descendant of David. There were 14 generations from David, from David's reign as king, to Jesus coming to the earth. 14 generations. That is estimated to be around 490 years. So as we see, God fulfilled his promises to the children of the obedient fathers. If you look at verse 36, it says, David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, he served his generation. Now, looking at that scripture and other scriptures as well that correlated with uh, David and, and his reign and what Jesus did, David was a type and cast for, what, for who Jesus was when he came to earth, amen? So, I was thinking, and I, I, I was going back, and I was like, so a man that was sinful, a man that was not perfect, uh, God said he had a heart. He had his heart, right? He had the heart of God, and he served God in his generation. For Jesus, the, 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 the son of God, a living I mean, perfect, pure, right? 
to come down to earth and to be a descendant of a mortal man, King David, right? To be a descendant of a man who served God in his generation. How many of you know he had to be obedient? Yeah. yeah. We talk about, you know, our fathers are, you know, in the faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had to be obedient, yeah. right? But there had to be a succession of obedience over 14 generations from David to Jesus. Amen. 490 years. So, as we see in, in Acts, he's talking about the promise of who Jesus is, right? And him coming and the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The children of David. They received that promise of Jesus 490 years later. Well, here comes the exhortation. We believe that God has promised some things to everyone in here. Amen? Amen. He's promised us wealth. He's promised us lands. He's promised us an inheritance. We read the, uh, the we do the, uh, the exhortation and the, and the, uh, the giving exhortation every Sunday, yeah. right? Blessing to see, blessing to feel, blessed going in, blessed going out, blessing the basket, blessing with the store, blessing our bank accounts, investments, and our health, and all those things, and our relationships as well. So we have all of those promises in the word of God, amen? But it first starts with our obedience. Now, to every father here, I want to appeal to you. It took 490 years for the promises of God to be fulfilled in the Davidic uh, bloodline. There had to be some patience. There had to be some endurance for the promise to come to pass. But the promise started with the father's obedience and devotion to God. Had David not been devoted to God, had he not served God and been obedient, his children wouldn't have been able to be a part of that promise. Did you have something to share on that? Um, so, Pastor, he always talks about, like, what is the bad word in the church? And the, there's a P word that's a bad word in the church, is in persevere. Um, Christians do not want to persevere. They do not want to wait. They want it quick and fast, you know. And we live in a generation, we want it quick. We have to have it now, you know. That's why we have fast food, fast food restaurants or whatever because people don't want to wait. And so um, the question we want to put before the fathers, are you willing to wait while you serve God and wait for his promises to come to pass? And um, are you willing to persevere through trials? You know, um, in James, it says the trying of our faith produces patience. Are you wait, willing to wait? Are you wait, uh, willing to be patient on the Lord um, and, and, and trust in God's timing? And, um, and so why, uh, one of the things I want to say um, that when you're waiting on God's promises, the number one thing is not to complain. You should not complain. You shouldn't um, uh, make, uh, you know, just say, oh, God, why I have to wait this long? Oh, this, you know, this job is not for me, Lord, and just complaining. We, no, God does not work with complaining. And I'm just going to tell you that right now because I used to be a complainer, and God does not move, is not moved by complaining. He's moved by faith. And so... <laughs> And so um, I encourage you today. So number one is not do not complain. Number two um, is to um, 
strengthen your faith through the word of God. You know, that's the only thing, you know, watching TV is not going to build your faith. Watching movies all the time is not going to build your faith. Being on social media is not going to build your faith. It's the word of God. The Bible says hearing, hearing the word of God comes by faith. And so we encourage you today. So first is not to complain and strengthen yourselves in the word of God. And um, I tell you, it works. Um, and when I did these things, I see so many things come to pass. When I saw my father, he did these things. And so many things come to pass. One of the things I saw him do during uh, Harvey is that he did not complain. I, I did not see him complain. I didn't see um, him um, saying, God, why us? Why us? I saw him building himself in the word. I saw him building himself through just saying things and declarations all the time. And so uh, we encourage all y'all to do that. Uh, and it works. Amen. Amen. So as, as we uh, begin to wrap this up, we're not going to be before you too much longer, but uh, it's essential uh, for all the fathers in here. And I felt this uh, when I was preparing last night, you know, for men, a lot of times we try to force a lot of things if we don't see the ball moving the way we want it to and at the speed that we want it to. Um, and I'm saying we in faith because I will one day be a father and with my wife. Amen. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to Hallelujah. God. Glory to God. But um, as, as, as men um, and even single men too. There's a there's a, a a thing where we we want to push and and go ahead of God sometimes, um, and we're not obedient to His word. But we see, as we just read in the scripture, that for the promise to be fulfilled to David, for His throne to be established forever, it took 490 years for that to come to pass. So you know what that means that His promises. And everything that God was telling him was not for him. It was for his children. And so many times I see, I've, I've come across many fathers and parents and all of that, right? And they force their children to do things, to become things that they weren't. To become uh, uh, the, the football player that they never was. To become the singers that they never had the chance to be, right? But God has given us promises, right? He's given us promises in his word to stand on. And a lot of times as, the, as the, the, the heads of the households and as the head of the family, God, we have to understand that not every promise that God has given you, will, you will see. But it's for your children and your lineage and your legacy. See, we have, to, we have to grow in our minds and understand that everything that God has for us is not for us in particular, but it's to serve the children that's coming after us. It's to serve those who come after us after us we look at Paul right Paul was preaching to the Jews uh, uh, in, in the synagogue right he was preaching them the promise that he gave to David 490 years before 14 generations before so that's why we can't put our faith in, in, in trying to get the riches and we can't put our faith in how much money we got in the bank account. We can't put our faith in how many cars and how in the success and everything that we have and everything that we want to do. And I'm going to tell you very, I'm going to tell you very clearly when I was younger, right? I don't remember how much money my dad had. 
I don't remember how much money he had in his bank account. I don't remember, you know, all of the, the, the riches and the finances that he might have had at different moments. But I do remember this. When I was four years old and I was sick laying in my grandmother's, my great-grandmother's bedroom and I had 102 fever, I remember my dad coming in, laying hands and praying over me and me immediately being healed. That was birthing legacy in me. So when my children are sick, when my children have, 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 have some things going on with them, I can lay hands on them and say, no, you're healed in the name of Jesus and pass on the legacy that Jesus is a healer. See, a lot of times we put in our faith and we are steeped in the wrong things. Our mindsets is on the wrong things. Well, I just got to build a, the, 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 the most expensive house. I got to have the most expensive cars. I got to make sure my children have the college tuition they need and all that. And that's all great and that's all fine and dandy. But, y'all, the most important thing for God, the most important thing is for his kingdom is to establish his covenant and his legacy on the face of this earth. And there are too many Christian men who are not doing that. They won't step into their role. They won't teach their children the oracles of God. They won't teach them the word of God. They won't take the time to mentor them and to give them wisdom. But I'm telling every father up here today to challenge yourself and to say, no, it's it, it, this day forth, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will teach my kids what to do. I will teach them the godly way. I will teach them how to stand up. I will teach them how to be service of God. I will teach them how to be the, uh, the, 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 the living service of God, to serve God in their generation as well. Hallelujah. 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 See, it, it, it's, it's, about, it's about legacy with God. It's about legacy with the fathers. Amen. And when you're making decisions, fathers, every father in here, I want you to listen when I say this. When you're making decisions, you're not making decisions for that moment. Know that your decisions affect your children, your children's children, and your children's children's children. And lastly, do not be dismayed if you don't see those promises that God, some of those promises that God promised to you. Because let me tell you something. It was for you. It was for your seed. Amen. It was for your legacy. Yes, sir. Can I get something? It's for your legacy. It's for your legacy. You may not have the money that you want to have today. But if you keep believing God, He will make a way. He didn't know when he was a little boy. We didn't have no money. We didn't have no riches. We didn't have no bank account. All I could do was lay some hands because we couldn't afford to take them to the doctor. But thanks be unto God that always causes us to triumph yes he does they might be little they might get on your nerves today you might think that they're inconvenience but one day they gonna grow up when they grow up will they grow up right you gotta take time while they this age so when they get this age, they can preach the gospel. When they get this age, 
big and still be a virgin. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't leave your kids with everybody. Keep them with you all the time. They didn't spend the night. They didn't go nowhere. If we went, they went. Because we understood that we had a legacy. Yeah. I wanted to get some of that. Y'all did a great job. Legacy. I said I wasn't going to sit there. I wasn't going to say nothing. You got little children. You got little children. You got little children. Who got little children? Be careful. Be careful what you do to them when they can't do nothing for themselves. So you can leave them over in Alabama if you want to. They can't do nothing. (laughs) You can neglect them and make them go to the back room. They can't do nothing. But when the evil days come, when they get cell phones and get cars, they don't have to come to my church. They don't have to serve my God. They don't have to do right anymore because they grown. But you got to raise them right. You, you got little children? You need to bring them to church. You need to bring them to church. You need to keep them in church because we already lost one, right? We need, to, we need to keep them in church. See, y'all, we got to get our hair right. And y'all, there is no reward for raising your children. Don't nobody come to Till House every week and give her a check for homeschooling our kids? When all the other family members went on ahead and had careers, think she wasting her time. My, my wife didn't get a reward. When she was at home, even though we were struggling financially, and other people said, Mama, it take two. No, she said, no, it take one to be at home with our children. <laughs> See, the people that don't, don't, don't get mad at them, they don't understand. They catch you later, though. Mama had them same people come, say, I understand now why y'all did what you did. Why are you so protective over your children? I, you know what I told them? I say, because Obama was the president then. I say, are they protective of Obama's children? Can Melania, Melania, what's her name? Malia and Sasha, can they just go spend the night? Can they just go to the skating rink? Can they just go do whatever? Don't, don't they got secret service protecting them? Why? Because they royalty. Hey, I saw my children as royalty. Hello? Well, now, see, it's terrorists, and they want to get the president, so they'll come and get the children. Well, the devil is a terrorist, and he can't get me, but he want to get my children so he can get to me. 
So we had the secret service, didn't we, Gina? People, one of my people spend the night, dogs spend the night. Oh, yeah, 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 they can spend the night. Where Gina gonna sleep? Gina, why she gotta come? Cause, 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 cause we gonna be watching our children. Somebody say amen. Y'all, it was a sacrifice. Y'all, we got persecuted. People didn't like us. I did not care. I knew what God told us to do. Do you understand that? Raise your kids right, y'all. And don't neglect them. Don't neglect them. Don't neglect them. Don't throw your kids off on other people. Who had them kids? You did. And so many of us pursuing something else. Because it's my time to get my stuff. No, but you got little kids though. How's it going to be your time to go get some stuff and you got a little kid? Now, I understand if you're in a situation like my mama was, daddy had left everything. She had to go work. She had to leave me somewhere. Somebody say amen. But mama, tell you what my mama didn't do. She wasn't traveling, going off out of town for no two weeks, leaving me somewhere. She didn't do it, y'all. I got to go to some seminar, so I got to leave. No. Bare minimum. She had to go to work. She dropped me out. She picked me up after work. Y'all, we, we got to get in the zone we in. Because we got legacy. What's your children going to be after you? Are they, are, are they, come on, black people. Is, your, is that little boy back there just, just waiting to be the next criminal? These little girls over here, they just waiting to get pregnant when they're 15, 16 and tatted up and smoked out. Y'all, you can look in education. You can see it coming up. You can just look at them. Yep, 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 yep. Why? Because their parents ain't doing nothing. Legacy. Huh? Never thought I'd see the day when both of them would be Bible college graduates up here teaching us about legacy. Y'all, they taught me some stuff I didn't even know. They've been in that word. Somebody say amen. And I like what he say. David wasn't perfect. Y'all, they saw me. I wasn't perfect. I wasn't. I whipped them sometimes. They ain't need a whipping. But I told him this for the next thing or something. I didn't do everything right. I did not do everything right. I did not. And they didn't see me do everything right. And then when I didn't do stuff right, I apologized. Somebody say amen. But they did see me in the word. They did see me in the midst of contradictory circumstances. Continue to confess the word. They would wake up with my hands laid on them. In the nighttime, praying over them. And then their mama would do the same thing. They do remember times of prayer. Y'all doing Harvey and stuff like that. Y'all, we had times of prayer. Man, I'm telling you, it was so powerful. Because we raised our children right. My mama got COVID. 
She said, I prayed for it, Dr. Rogers prayed for it, but it was when her grandchildren prayed for it that she got healed. That's a legacy, y'all. But you got you gotta do you gotta make some choices. And they're not always popular with your children. Come on, fathers. If you're a father still sitting down, why? Stand on your feet. Be a man. Stand up. Every father in this room. Come on. We got to lead our children. Every father, come on down. You're not going to be perfect. But you can love God with a perfect heart. Somebody say amen. I wasn't perfect, but we love God with a perfect heart. Amen. And the other reason I stepped into this last part of the message, because they don't have the authority to challenge fathers, but I do. I do. We're not boneheads. Come on, somebody. We're going to be open to hear what God is saying. How do I raise my daughter? How do I raise my son? What do I need to do to keep my marriage strong? Hello? So I can keep my house together. Anybody ever heard of whatever it takes? That's what you need to be willing to do. Whatever it takes. Did you see me do whatever it takes? Did you see that? I'm, not, I'm just asking. Did I do whatever it takes? I, I think I did whatever it took. Financially, spiritually, whatever it took. Are y'all willing to do that? Everybody lift your hands. If you are a woman, a mother, stretch your hands toward these fathers. Name of Jesus. Father, all the anointing is on me. Let it rest on them. In the name of Jesus. Let it rest on them as a father. In Jesus' name. All the anointing is on me. As a father, let it rest on them. Give them wisdom. Help them to make the right decisions, not the wrong decisions. In the name of Jesus, they are steering a ship. They're the captain of a plane. They, they, they're, they're flying the space shuttle with their family on it. And every decision they make, they affect the next generation. Every decision they make, Father, everything that's on me, put it on them. Every decision they make affects the next generation. My son said it so, so clearly. 490 years. Can you do what you do so well in this generation? If Jesus tears another 490 years, there'll be a paisley man in your bloodline doing what he's supposed to do. Y'all, it ain't about all that vanity and that vain stuff. It's about can God use your bloodline to get what he wants done in here. Hallelujah.